This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, guys? Organization News Podcast. My name is Saul Monali at Red Nation Noops on Twitter. You're joined by Forrest Walker at Do Nots on Twitter. How you doing, man? Pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of this mellow stuff. Like, I'm so exhausted. Like... <laughs> That's how you start a podcast. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm really tired of it, too. I wish it would just resolve. I mean, like, we're in, like, what, week four? It's it's really, really getting annoying because the Rockets made their trade for Chris Podge on June 28th, and since then, we've had me- we've had mellow rumors. And so it's exactly one solid month of rumors. Um, the last time I remember something, like a trade lasting this long was, like, you know the Kevin Love trade, I guess. You know, maybe even farther back, like the Dwight Howard saga. Like it, it's I've never seen a trade last this long and not get done. Yeah, I guess they have. Uh, the Knicks don't have much of a reason to try to hurry things up, but they oh, yeah. really are losing leverage by the day. This is absolutely the smart play for the Knicks, right? I mean, because um, presumably th- everything slowed down when uh, you know. The, they got new management and you know a new front office staff and you know like they kind of had to they kind of had to restart the clock but i mean you know it's 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 starting to drag right like scott scott perry can only do so much at this point the i mean Melo has all the leverage in the world with his no trade clause which i mean it's it's a fault of the old regime i mean giving Melo no trade clause was a a big no-no in the first place because you get stuck in situations like this, um, in a situation where you have to trade Melo, and he has essentially um, a free agency, uh, a quasi-free agency. He's holding your your franchise hostage. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have any reason to back down. I guess they don't either. I mean, they're basically going to get nothing for him or nothing for him. So they might as well give it a go, I suppose. Like, just as a bit of a recap, the situation is that, yeah, you can say he's in the trade clause. Uh, he wants out. He can veto any trade, and it's it, it, all the reports that he only wants to go to Houston. Uh, and he does not want to be in New York. So the three options that can happen is that, uh, one, potentially they can just say, we're not trading you, and we're not buying you out, we're keeping you. And then he just leaves that in free agency after an extremely unhappy season where he does not want to be the team. Uh, or they can buy him out, in which case they, uh, they lose him for nothing or worse, depending on what the buyout terms are. Or yeah. they can trade him, in which case he will only go to the Rockets and the only thing the Rockets have to match is basically make this more than nothing for the Knicks. Yeah, and like from all reporting, it seems like in order of preference, it seems like the Rockets are number one. Uh, I haven't seen a report that's officially ruled out the Cavs, so I, I think they're probably still in the mix. Although, like you got to think with all this chaos going on in Cleveland uh, with Kyrie Irving demanding a trade, 
Um, and with um, with all these reports about LeBron's not going to you know waive his no trade clause, he's, he's going to he's probably going to go into free agency next year and likely leave. I mean, I don't see any reason for him to stay at this point. Uh, that organization is just such a mess. I don't see any reason why Melo would want to go there, honestly. And you know, I'm just this is me speaking as like a, a completely objective observer. Like I, I really don't, I, I can't find a reason. Uh, that he would want to go to the Cavs uh, other than a free ride to the finals. Um, but at the, sa- at the same time, you, either way, if you're in the West, if you're in the Western Conference or the Eastern Conference, you're theoretically going to have to go through the Warriors at some point, right? So um, I would think that Melo would want the best chance to, to face the Warriors. And I, 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 honestly, I honestly do think that's the, the Rockets at this point. Yeah, also, uh, if you... Like you said, if you look at the Cavs, that's just like a pile of chaos. Like, why would he want to go to that? They're really shooting themselves in the foot right now, and the, the Knicks don't really have any good options. I mean, I would not be surprised if there is a deal pretty much lined up to go, and either the Knicks are trying to hold out and pressure Melo to add more teams to his list, or something else is holding the, the deal up or something. Maybe we're, we might secretly be waiting on the Kyrie Irving trade, should it happen, we just we don't really have any way of knowing, but yeah, no one's really incentivized to hurry things up. Honestly, like if the Rockets aren't incentivized, like they could probably speed this. Like there's a there's a situation in which they could speed this up by throwing in like an extra pick or something. But why? Like yeah, if it's like if it's going to happen either way, just wait it out. Yeah, even if this goes to a buyout, I mean, you would think the Rockets would be probably. Uh, number one on Car- Carmelo's list at this point, even though they can only offer the minimum um, since they use their biannual and mid-level exception. I-, I still think the Rockets are probably the leading candidate to sign Melo in a buyout situation, in which case, I mean, the Rockets have every incentive to wait too, which is kind of like, it- it's led to the stalemate, right? Like, both sides have every reason to wait, to wait. The Knicks have every reason to wait because, I mean, you know, Scott Perry has to see the see out the best offer, right? I mean, he just he just has to... He has to be patient with this. And the Rockets, I mean, they have no reason to rush this because Melo doesn't want to go anywhere else despite um, the Trailblazers' best wishes, wishes. I mean, he's not he's not budging. I mean, he, he wants and to come. Why would he? Yeah, I mean, if, if he's a, he's basically a free agent, I guess. I mean, this is this is what this is what you do when you have a no trade clause. You pick the team you want to go to and you, you know, you wait it out like this. And uh, yeah, I mean, like the Knicks have no one to blame but themselves for for putting themselves in this situation, um, which which you know all all this chaos, you know the chaos with the Knicks, the chaos with the with the Cavs. I mean, this all underscores the importance of having a good owner, which is why this this pending sale of the Rockets is so crucially important. And we were talking about it before we went on air. I mean, the Rockets have to get this right. You don't want to get stuck with the James Dolan. Or a Dan Gilbert, you just don't, because uh, you're going to have organizational chaos. Yeah, I said it before, and I'll say it again. Yao Ming headed ownership group. That's my that's my ultimate pipe dream. I have no idea how realistic it is. Probably not whatsoever, and I don't care. I don't care if it's a zero percent chance of happening. I want it to happen. It's what's best for everyone. <laughs> yeah, with that with that being said, let's let's go ahead and get to questions. Um, is Troy Williams going to get any playing time uh, that's not garbage time this year? I don't think so. Uh, I, like It looks like the, like before it seemed like he was going to get uh, the ba- the line share, the backup small forward position minutes. But, I mean, with the signing of, you know, P.J. Tucker and uh, Luke Mabamute, it seems like the Rockets are fortified on the wing, which means I, I can't see 
any reason that Mike D'Antoni would play Troy Troy Williams any more than garbage time minutes. Uh, yes, but on the plus side, if things go well, that could be a lot of minutes. Right. I mean, if if this team is really good, that's that's potentially a lot of on floor playing time experience for a rookie that badly needs it. Um, there's still a potential he ends up playing a lot of his time in the G League. Like that's certainly on the table. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, Mike D'Antoni typically doesn't play, uh, you know, young guys and, you know, Troy Williams is a classical example of that. Like, I, I, I think this is going to be like a, a KJ McDaniel situation, right? Like, I just think, um, he's, he's still very raw. Um, he's, he showed a lot in the summer league. He's really stood out. I'm surprised, uh, he didn't get any more offers from other teams, um, and yeah, I mean he he stood out, but I, I I just don't I just don't see him playing that much with what the Rockets did this summer. Um, chances of Melo in Houston and the chance of CP3 Melo Harden recruiting LeBron next summer. Um, as far let's go to answer that for the first part of that question first before we get to the next part. I think the chances of Melo in Houston is about like a sixty five percent chance at this point. Like I it's it's going up more and more by the day. I- yeah, I think it's more than that. I think it's up to around like almost eighty by now. Yeah, it, it's, just, yeah, it's, it's up it's there. It's getting more over time. Yeah, it's up there. Like I, I don't even fault you for saying that. I mean, every day we get a new rumor from Frank Isola about Melo's, you know, consistent wanting to come to Houston. I mean, I tweeted this out earlier. It seems like Melo's in his New York home. Like, and every time the phone rings, he's just saying Houston. Like Houston, like like I don't want to talk to anybody. Just send me to Houston, get that deal done. Um, you know, and, and you know, again, this is his right. He he negotiated that no trade clause, and um, that's what's causing this big halt. So yeah, I'd probably say a sixty five percent chance that this thing happens. Forrest says eighty percent. Um, can't really argue with that. Um, Keep hearing rumors about them hanging out and stuff too. There's yeah, there's so much noise about it. Yeah, there's there's too much. There's too much smoke for there not to be fire. Um. And the chances of Chris Paul, Melo, and Harden recruiting LeBron next summer, recruiting him, I think that's it's, it's pretty high. It, it's now whether yeah, or not, they're definitely gonna do recruiting. Yeah, yeah they'll yeah, talk to him. Yeah, hundred percent. They're definitely gonna be all up in his group chats, his his DMs, everything. You know, they're gonna send him Snapchats every day of you know. All, look look at the weather in Houston. Like, they're gonna send him. They're gonna be all over LeBron uh, during the season. Um, I I do think I, I do think there's gonna be a lot of recruiting going now. Whether or not it actually happens. That's a totally different. That's a totally different scenario. Um, there's going to be a lot of cap. They have to do a lot of cap stuff to make it happen. I mean, like look, Harden's getting paid. He's going to get paid thirty million dollars next year. Chris Paul is going to demand a heavy contract. You got to figure um, around thirty million dollars to probably more. Um, and Carmelo's on a, under contract for about twenty five million dollars. So I mean, like it's going to take like a, a crazy sign in trade. Or a crazy like, like dumping of all the all the salary on the roster except for those three, and that it's just not possible. It's not realistic, right? Like it's it's gonna take a lot of cap, you know, balancing to work to make it happen. Yeah, uh, that is the case. I mean, not even verging into like how likely do you think these things would actually happen? Just how if he says tomorrow I'm going to Houston next summer, like. The figuring out how to make it work is a huge deal. It's probably very close to impossible to fit all those salaries in there unless all of them decide to take major pay cuts. Which is possible. Which is, that, which is possible, but that that also is like 
a pipe dream made of pipe dreams. So. No, 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 but I'm glad you brought that up because it is theoretically possible for Melo, Chris Paul, and LeBron to all be free agents next summer. So theoretically, they can do a heat thing where they, they sign back on the Rockets for discounted price, discounted rates. Um, and, you know, like, I, I it's, it's, theoretically, it's possible. Um, I, I just don't think it's likely. Um, like I, I yeah. think I, I think if the Rockets get meld, they're locking them they're locking themselves into a core of Chris Paul, James Harden, and um and Carmel Anthony. Um, I, I think that's kind of where you stand if if you if you decide to go into that. Um, but I do understand, I do understand the excitement of possibly having a banana boat in Houston. Like I, I I get it. Like, um, but yeah. So it's not zero, but I don't know how much more than zero it is. Yeah. Um. And the next question is, thoughts on my theory that a mellow trade is dependent on the uh, on a Kyrie, Kyrie trade domino falling? Um, I think Kyrie Irving is the Knicks' priority. Uh, it's possible. Like I, I just don't see what the Knicks can possibly give up for Kyrie Irving. Um, they're definitely going to try to put to get an offer in. Like I, I just don't think like. What are they going to give up? Frank Nielakina? Like they're they're not giving up Porzingis. <laughs> like that they're not, they're not giving up uh, their franchise guy. Um, I mean, you're really you're probably looking at like like Joakim Noah to make the salaries work and like I guess draft picks. I mean, I, I just don't see it working out. And uh, as far as like, do I think the Kyrie Irving trade is the first domino to fall in a in a theoretical Mela trade? Uh, yeah, I, I do. I, I think I think the league probably uh, I, th- I think the league is probably waiting on that because you know theoretically teams like uh, like the Phoenix Suns or the Detroit Pistons like they would explore a they would wait out a Kyrie Irving trade before they decide to become the third the third team on a um, on a mellow trade. Yeah, I think a lot of people are waiting for it to happen, and it, it's possible that they just don't really have anything to do with each other, but the carry trade certainly wouldn't slow things down if it were to happen. It would simply add more clarity to the situation. So, yeah, I, I, would, I would suspect that probably uh, that's about the size of it. That uh, If anything, it'll speed it up, and everyone everyone's waiting for these two trades to happen. Yeah, um... When are we getting a, a Fast and Furious edition of the Red Nation News podcast? Very soon. Very soon. Uh, like, like, again, you guys know I'm a huge fan of Fast and Furious. I always make comparisons between the Rockets and uh, the Fast and Furious crew. Um, and, yeah, I, I, that's, I guess, wait on the next movie. Wait on the next movie to come next out. <laughs> I mean, so I guess two years. So I, I guess not very soon. Um, I, I just, it's, it's very hard, right? Because, like, I, I guess we're we're gonna have to do that like when there's like nothing going on in the NBA. So maybe later this summer. Yeah, that might be a thing to do. Look, you get all the you get all the people who live in Houston to come and watch it, them all at your house. I get everyone who lives up in this part of, of Texas to come watch it all at my house, and then we have just like a giant free for all where half the people hate the movies and are mad we're doing this. Yeah, I, I really don't get like why half the people on the site hate this movie. Like it's it's a great it's a great <laughs> series. It's a great series. Um, You're absolutely right. Yeah, who's the new Paul Walker now that Beverly is gone? And and is CP3 the Rock? CP3 is definitely the Rock in this circumstance. Paul Walker can't be replaced. Patrick Beverly can't be replaced. Like he is Paul Walker, and it's a perfect metaphor that he's gone now, and so is Paul Walker. It, it, it just it worked beautifully. Like I, I don't think you're getting another Paul Walker. You know, maybe you're getting another Letty. Like maybe you're getting like you know, 
maybe you're getting a Hobbs. Like I, I have no idea. Like it, but it's Patrick Beverly is definitely Paul Walker, and I, I don't think you can replace that in that situation. And this next question is basically so what we were talking about earlier. How do we get LeBron sign in trade? opt-in trade a la cp3 flip ariza and rhino for Ali and Melo, and use Melo and use courtney lee for one of these trades for lebron's am i obsessed yeah you're obsessed um i i don't i don't think it's possible to get a deal done like i i just it would again like it would take a lot of cap maneuvering um you know, like if any GM is going to do it, it's definitely Daryl Morey. Like, is if any GM uh, can do it, it's Daryl Morey. But I think you're going to have to get these guys to buy into a pay cut, um, and you're probably going to have to move like Clint Capella if you're doing a sign and trade, um, which would completely, you know, mess up the balance of this team. But again, if you're getting LeBron James, like, go ahead and move Clint Capella. Like, don't let that hold you back. Um, but yeah, it, it just seems really unlikely. That's a lot of salary. I mean, like you're talking about thirty million dollars per player, and that's um. So you, I mean, you're just like Harden's locked in. Harden's locked in for the next six years. You're essentially hoping that Chris Paul and Melo, uh, you know, take pay cuts next summer. I just don't see that as likely. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I don't know. <laughs> it's like. I think we kind of went over it a bit already. That yeah, if we if things gotta gotta go, they gotta go. But uh, it's just yeah, not likely. It's, 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 that's a that's a hard road. Like yeah, even even if they all say yes, it's a hard road to find the middle of. Right. I mean, Daryl Morey's going all out right now. I mean, you. I I guess you can figure out ways to do it. Like, but I mean. It just doesn't like unless we see some some huge cap explosion next summer, which it's it's not going to happen. I mean, your 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 whatever team you lock in this summer is like it's going to be your core going forward. Um, I mean, I, I guess you could you could talk about theoretically extending Capella next summer, and you know, like Trevor Reese is going to no, be. If, yeah, even with yeah, even with like the idea of juggling juggling signing order and stuff. With all, they're gonna have so many cap holds, so many huge cap holds that like yeah. I just don't know how you do it. Like apart from all of them taking like fifteen a year or something, it's just, it's unlikely. It's unlikely. Like it's probably not gonna happen. Like it, like we joke about it all the time, but like this time it really is just a joke. Like before um, the stuff we used to joke about, like with Paul George and Chris Paul, and like like we can save those guys from mediocrity because we had space back then right like you can't save yeah. lebron you can't save lebron uh and bring him to Houston lebron is probably going to have to go to a team that has an absorbent amount of cap space next summer uh you know all talks are indicating that it might be LA um i, I have no idea like it, it's a year out and i really don't want to talk about it right now <laughs> um because yeah there, there, there's just it's just not likely like it, there, you're going to have to do a lot of cap juggling and it's just a lot of guys are going to have to take pay cuts. Um, next question. What's the holdup with the mellow trade? I mean, the, if I were to name what what's really holding this trade up, like we got like three different variations of this question. I think the number one thing that held this trade up, like I thought it, things were really starting to speed up before before Scott Perry got hired. And then when, when Scott Perry got hired, it seemed like things started slowing down. Uh, the Knicks, you know, tried to bring Melo back into the fold. They tried to talk to him. And they, they tried to convince him to possibly staying. Um, and they looked out and they looked for better offers. Like Before we started seeing different machinations of this trade, um, you know, we started seeing four-team stuff. We started seeing um, multi-team trade stuff with Wodge. But, like, 
I think the number one thing that slowed this trade down was the hiring of Scott Perry. And the number two thing that's holding this trade up is, I mean, the Knicks just can't find a good deal. The, the Knicks just can't. They won't. Yeah. yeah they, they, they're, handcuffed, they're handcuffed. I mean, they're going to have to take a... They're gonna have to take a crappy deal. Um, I mean, I think the best thing they could possibly get back is probably some some sort of cap relief, like through the Rockets' unguaranteed contracts or through um, possibly some team sending an expiring contract back. Like I, I just, it, it just seems like the there's just a lot of things that are holding this trade back. But I, I do see it. I do see it. You know, eventually going through. Yeah, I, I think that eventually. The leverage will be so obvious. Like if if you're the Knicks and this goes on toward the start of the season, you just got to move on it. Like you absolutely cannot end up having Melo on your team heading toward the trade deadline in season. That would just be beyond an embarrassment. So like it would be a total disaster. They definitely have to move him during the summer sometime. But you better bet they'll wait for a while. And probably give their organization a really nasty black eye because they won't just like settle on something with this star player who's trying to get things done. It's disappointing and stupid, and it's the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, like it. I do feel a little bit of sympathy for them, but I mean, at the same time, they did this to themselves. I, I can't emphasize that that enough. They hired Phil Jackson. Mm-hmm. Phil, Phil Jackson gave Melo the no trade clause, and in a sense, they're they're stuck. I mean, they're 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 gonna have to take uh, a really they're gonna have to take scraps back for Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony's value has declined uh, partly because uh, the Knicks devalued his, uh, his trade value. They trashed him in the media, um, and they they talked about trading him ahead of time. Um, and that's just it's just dumb management by the Knicks. I mean, this, this is entirely the Knicks' fault. I mean, I, you, there's no other way to paint this. Um, do you think a Harden? Paul and Gordon backcourt is the best rot- backcourt rotation trio in NBA history. Um, or no, in the NBA. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah NBA history, that's a big ask. <laughs> but okay, in, in the NBA, yeah, I, I, I do. I, I think this this backcourt is probably the only backcourt I could ever see beating out uh, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry and Golden State. And other backcourts just aren't close. I mean, CJ McCollum and Dame aren't close to what the Rockets have here. Uh, and if you look at other backcourts out east, I mean, I guess you could say John Wall and Bradley Beal, but I mean, again, these are two yeah, he's top going ten. Three deep too. Yeah, these are, and two, that makes you harder. Yeah, these are two top ten guys and a six man of the year, right? Like it, it that's a really, really good backcourt rotation. Um, and yeah, yeah I, I, I'm interested to see how this all works out, but I mean, on paper, that's I, it's hard to beat. Yeah, it would be it would be due to chemistry if they're not the best. Because look, like you have. Let's look at the Splash Brothers. I feel like mo- every all right. The Splash Brothers in Golden State, and then uh, John Wall and Bradley Beal in Washington. So let's look at those top threes because those are, I think the only ones that can really compete. I mean, like what you're gonna say that Russell Westbrook plus <laughs> plus two other guys, but uh, Kyle Singler. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so you have Steph Curry and uh, James Harden. I'd say that it's kind of it's fair to put them in the same stratosphere together like whichever way you want to say whoever you think is better i think it's clear that they're like in that same general ballpark right does that make sense yeah i'd probably say steph is better but not by much not enough to where i'd put them in a different category right they're close uh i think between clay thompson and chris paul it is 
extremely clear who was better. It's not close. Yeah, it's not close. Um, and, and then you have Eric Gordon versus, uh, I guess, like Sean Livingston. Which so is pretty close. I, I would say that's that's actually closer than what you would think. Yeah, it's closer than you think. There, but I, I, yeah, even if you give it to Eric, it's pretty close. I think I probably would give it to Eric, but it's close. But so you have two of them that are close, then one that's not at all close. Right. Chris Paul is a big differentiator here. Um, and that's not that's not a slight to Clay Thompson. I mean, we've just seen Clay Thompson enough to know that Chris Paul is a much, much better player. I mean, we're talking about a Hall of Fame point guard, one of the greatest point guards of all time, um, and a really, really great three point shooter, which is what makes this pairing so interesting, yeah. right? Like a really, really great catch and shoot three point shooter. Uh, I think he's like 50% on catch and shoots. Uh, I think that's what he shot last year, uh, which is insane. And so, I mean, like, I, I'm really interested to see how this pairing works out in terms of a fit standpoint. But on paper, I mean, there's no better trio out there in the NBA. Um, who do you expect to play a bigger role next season, P.J. Tucker or Luke Richard and Bamute? Uh I'd probably say P.J. Tucker because I think P.J. Tucker yeah. just, is just better. Like, he's a better shooter. Um, he's a, He's about the same level of defender Lucas Chardin-Bamute but I mean he's a little bit more versatile he's a little bit more strong um you can play him at several different positions um and the and the Rockets signed him for a bigger deal which is I mean should tell you everything yeah I think that's right I mean they they give him a bigger deal he is more versatile uh I think that's pretty straightforward and it'll be really good because those guys are both going to be extremely uh useful tools on that team Right, like I, I think Luke Richard Mabute is going to play a lot of backup four, uh, for the Rockets, um, and I think PJ Tucker is going to end up being the backup, the backup three, which is why a guy like Troy Williams is not going to get any playing time. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the, I mean, those two additions are going to be so big for the Rockets next season. Like I, we're talking, like they were 18th in defense last year. I think I, I, I'm 100% sure they're going to crack into the top 15 if not the top 10 this year. And if, if they're a top 10 defense and if they can maintain a top five offense, which I think they're going to struggle at the beginning of the year, but I do think Chris Paul and James Harden, plus the amount of shooting you're going to have on this team is still good enough to have a top three offense in the NBA this next season. Man. Yeah. Let me, and let me, let me get to that for a second here. Yes. I think that once they figure it out and I, I think you're right, they're going to take a while to, to, to figure it out for the first probably like quarter or third of the season or so. Uh, but once they get it down, that offense is going to be fantastic. They have all the tools they need to be like a top two offense for sure. Uh, in terms of defense, look at who you have. Look at if you run out a lineup of Chris Paul, James Harden, Trevor Ariza, PJ Tucker, and Clint Capella. Like Clint Capella is the second worst defender in that lineup most likely. Or even if you go small ball, I mean, you're talking... You're talking. We're talking. Chris Paul, James Harden, PJ Tucker, Luke Richard, and Bamute, and Trevor Ariza. I mean, you can, you can, th- you can see where the Rockets can play a lot of the different small ball units with like uh, Luke Richard, and Bamute playing the center, right? Like it's, uh, and that's probably not enough to, to combat the Warriors' uh, death lineup. But I mean, it's it's pretty damn cl- it's pretty damn close, right? Like it's you're not going to find many other lineups in the NBA that uh, that beat that. I mean, just in terms of a small ball unit. Um, and that's still pretty. That's still plenty of shooting. Like uh, that's what's ridiculous about this. Like Chris Paul and James Harden are ridiculous catch and shoot players. Uh, Trevor Ariza has shown to be a competent catch and shoot player. P.J. Tucker last year in Toronto shot forty upwards of forty percent from beyond the arc uh, with 
really, really good talent around him. So, I mean, you, you figured that'd probably stay. And that's a really, really nice unit defensively and offensively. Um, like, I'm really excited to see what kind of stuff Mike D'Antoni, you know, throws out there. Like, because he, he, we know he likes to get creative with the lineups. And, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm just I'm just really curious to see what they're going to do, or what they're going to experiment in the regular season with, and what they ultimately try going into the playoffs. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, I, I'm super excited. Uh, next question. What what kind of stat lines should we expect to see from Harden and Chris Paul next season? Um I think Harden's stats are definitely going to decline. Uh, I I think I think his the the main the main number you're going to see decline is his, his per game, right? Like I, th- I think he's probably going to average uh, a similar points per game total, probably on better efficiency. Like I, I think he's going to get a lot more efficient uh, from from the three point line and and the field um, because I I think he's going to have a, a less load to carry. Um, he's not going to he's not going to have to bring the ball up every time. He's not going to have to do the pro- all the all the play the you know the playmaking. And I think he's going to have a lot more easy ba- easy baskets. I mean, I think he's going to have a lot more open shots um, with Chris Paul next to him. Um, I mean, I, th- I think we're going to see a, di- a totally different James Harden next year, which is uh, really exciting to me. I, th- I think we're going to see like a version of Oklahoma City James Harden on steroids because he's gotten a lot better. Like, I was watching some playoff tape of him today just 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 to see like. Like Harden in the regular season versus Harden in the postseason. Harden in the postseason was t- played totally different than Harden in the regular season. Um, he was slashing to the rim like crazy in the in that Oklahoma City series. Like he was, he got to the rim virtually at will. And if if he gets to the rim like without the ball in his hands, and and like if guys can find him cutting the basket, like if Chris Paul can find him for like easy layups and dunks, like I think you're gonna see a a, a, a big spike in efficiency from James Harden. Yeah, uh, I think it's the goal, right? That they they want to have higher efficiency and a lower like strain on uh, James Harden and presumably Chris Paul as well. So, yeah, I think they're both gonna have some pretty good numbers. Uh, I think, as you said, his efficiency is gonna go up. I mean, presumably both of their assists will go down because they're kind of gonna be playing alongside each other a lot. I, I think a lot of their counting stats will go down overall. Yeah. Uh, and even even like the t- total of them is will be lower. Hopefully, that's the goal. Is that they won't have to play as many minutes and they won't have as many counting stats in that case. Yeah, I mean, if I were to if I were to peg it, I'd probably say Harden averages like twenty eight, twenty nine, and like six and seven, like something like that. Like, and Chris Paul probably averages eighteen and seven or eighteen and six, um, and a lot a lot less minutes. Which which I, I I'm fully welcoming like i think harden desperately needs to take um some off time like he he's been playing way too many minutes like the past few years he's been in houston or what a calm on this um last week like he's his usage and playing time last few years have just been ridiculous and harden's gonna and chris paul is gonna help tremendously on in that aspect like um him not having a high usage anymore and him playing like 36 minutes per game is totally in the future like i, I could totally see that happening yeah, uh, yeah. I think that the thing to do for them is spend as much time as they need to figure out how this is going to work, uh, beat up on the easy teams, and then uh, take a lot of rests. Yeah, like, I mean, I th- 
that's gonna be pretty cool. Like, it, I really want to. Like, Harden hasn't been able to take a rest day in a long time. Like, he he took one rest day last season, and the Rockets had to disguise it as a flu game, which we all knew. It was I mean, Harden was taking a rest days. His hand yeah. was jacked up. I mean, and and he had, he had that quote earlier in the week about um, you know how no rest should contribute to the MVP, and it clearly looked like the Rockets were trying to disguise it. Uh, he was resting. I mean, he he rested for one game last season, and I mean, if you look at the last few seasons, he hasn't taken any more rest days. He just he just doesn't rest, and I, and I'm excited to see that happen. Yeah, uh, so them resting will be good. Them being ready for the playoffs would be good, and not their and not having their three point percentage slowly fall over the course of the year. Uh, but this is also why I don't really want to like. Deci- to, to make any predictions about wins this season. Like, I actually think that it's going to be hard to tell. Uh, they may be a much better team, but actually win fewer games. That's on the table. Oh, I, I definitely think that's going to happen. Like, I, I, like, we haven't put out our season win project- projections yet because I, I, I'm kind of waiting on um, this mellow trade to happen. Like, if it does happen, like, I just want it to happen already so we can make our pred- predictions for the season. But, I mean, like... As of this moment, I'm kind of standing at around 54 wins, and that's one less win from last year. But I think I think they're going to lose a lot of close games, and I think they're going to they're going to be like they're going to have the point differential of like a 50 a high 51 team in the playoffs. I think they're going to perform like a 61 team. Like I, that's kind of where I see it going right now. Yeah, and what really matters is how they perform once the season ends. Right. I mean, like again, like th- this is the best part about this trade. Is that you can finally take a, a load off these guys? I mean, these guys have carried their franchises for the past six or seven years at, at the minimum. I mean, with, with Chris Paul's case, he's been the primary dis- distributor for, on his team um, for his enti- the entirety of his career, and he hasn't really had anybody like a James Harden to help out. I mean, Harden at one point had you know, I mean, earlier in his career, obviously he had Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook helping him out. But I mean, in Houston, you, the only time you could think of is like. You know, maybe when Chandler Parsons and Jeremy Lin were on the team, and that's it. Like we haven't we haven't seen the level of playmaker on the perimeter of Chris Paul around James Harden ever, and and that's what's really exciting about this. Um, I'm warming up to this. Like I, I I wasn't a bit like the fit kind of it took me aback at first, but the more and more I think about it, I I think it actually can be a, a pretty good fit. Like I like I I do think. There are ways to make this work. They're 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 going to realize a lot of sideline pick and roll, which is um, interesting. I want to see a lot more. I want to see a lot of different sets from Mike D'Antoni. Um, and yeah, it's it's going to be a pretty good pairing. And I think their stat lines are going to dip a little bit in terms of counting stats. But again, their efficiency should go up, which is the key here. That is how you win games against one of the best teams in NBA history, and that's all that matters. Five reasons Bobby Brown is your favorite NBA player. Uh, this is from Kyle from our site. Um, you know, I know, I know this is meant to be a troll question, but I'm warming up to Bobby Brown, man. Like, <laughs> like I'm starting to warm up to Bobby Brown. Uh, I, originally, I thought he was just a really, really bad NBA player, and you know that has, that hasn't really changed. But I mean, he he's a, he's a really bad NBA player that helped recruit Chris Paul and could could potentially help recruit Carmelo Anthony and. If just recruiting Chris Paul alone, man, this guy gets a statue outside of the Toyota Center in my book, like, and, and no playing time. But that's yeah. a locker room dude. Yeah, that's <laughs> a locker room dude. Those guys are important. I mean, that's what Francisco Garcia was kept around for as long as he was. 
He's just making a few bucks. He's recruiting people. He's a friend of all these guys. He'll play whatever minutes you want on the play, and he'll he'll hoist those threes, man. This guy's a team player, and he's more importantly a Rockets team player. Yeah, garbage time legend. I mean, this guy fills it up during garbage time. Um, I mean, one of the, one of the best of all time. If I, if I do say so myself, garbage time players. Um, and uh, I mean, I mean, the the guy is just out here hustling in, in free agency. I mean, he just he followed Carmelo Anthony on Instagram a couple of days ago. I mean, like, it's it's he's been in L.A. like pretty much the entire off season out here recruiting players. Uh, I mean, he, again, he was a big part of the Chris Paul trade, uh, the big a big part of the PJ Tucker acquisition. I mean, and he's could potentially be a big part of the Bobby Brown trade. Pe- dudes like Bobby Brown, which is really really weird. Like I, I did not see this coming. Like the, dev- the the dividends of signing Bobby Brown last offseason are coming through this season. Are coming through this summer, which I did not see see coming. Like the Rockets may potentially have to thank Bobby Brown and Phil Jackson's incompetence for potentially uh, getting <laughs> getting Chris Paul and Carmelo Anthony this summer. Yes. I will happily thank them, especially Bobby. Yeah, Bobby Brown's a legend in my book. Yeah, yeah, and I know this was meant to be a troll question. Yeah, shots fired, but I, I don't care. Like I, I'm, all, I'm all. Hey man, in. love is love. Yeah, I mean Bobby Brown is. I'm in. I'm in on Bobby Brown. Um, this next question, I'm not even gonna bother a- answering. How excited are you for a Corey Brewer return next season? No, like no, I'm not. I'm not answering this question. I, I refuse to answer this question. I, I know what you're trying to get me to do, Kyle. I, I know what you're doing. <laughs> you, you, you're not. You're not. You're not getting it out of me. You're, it's not happening. <laughs> All right, that's good. Yeah, I, I'm not cussing on this podcast. Like we done. We did enough enough of that during the Chris Paul podcast. Um, but yeah, I mean. That's it for, for the Reddit News Podcast. Uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Give us a good rating on iTunes if you enjoy the podcast. Um, again, if you, want to, if you want to participate in these meal bags, you can email us at rednationnews at gmail.com or tweet at me at rednationnews on Twitter. And yeah, guys, good night.